Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Before we get started, please rate and review our show. It helps people find us. On this episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly, the NFL regular season is nearly upon us and Football Mad America is primed for another season of its favorite sport. But have you ever wondered which country outside the U.S. is second best at American football? Believe it or not, it's not Canada or the U.K. Our senior producer, Harry Swartout, has this surprising answer, which traces all the way back to a big international game in the 70s and includes no small amount of booze and hijinks. I'm your host, John Gonzalez. From Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio, this is Sports Illustrated Weekly. If you had to guess, which is the best country in the world at football? After the United States, of course. It's not Mexico, despite being our neighbors to the South. It's not the UK, no matter how many Jaguars games the NFL insists on exporting there. You might think it's Canada, despite their insistence on playing only three downs. But in international play, the second best country in the world at American football is Japan. (laughs) Who are you expecting? Japan has a great college football system, a semi-pro league which can compete with the best from any nation. Heck, they've even got football anime. All of that football passion can be traced back to one preseason game in 1976, played on a drizzly day in August. 
the Mainichi Star Bowl. Let's go back. 1976 was a big year for Japan, at least as far as people in colorful costumes are concerned. Polyester-clad Japanese disco funk poured out of every dance hall. Super Sentai, which would later become Power Rangers in America, just hit its stride. And in the Tokyo Grand Prix, James Hunt narrowly outdueled Nikki Lauda to become F1 World Drivers Champion. You know, like in the movie Rush. James Hunt finishing third and almost catching Patrick Depay. And James Hunt is the world champion. Japan had their rainbow clad heroes, and America had ours. The NFL was humming along after the 1970 AFL-NFL merger, and there was no real reason for the league to be looking to expand beyond North America. But this wasn't the NFL's idea. St. Louis football Cardinals alumni coordinator Bob Underwood explains the Japanese excursion was all thanks to one man. The mastermind behind this game was a Japanese-American named Frank Takahashi. And Frank was a lettuce farmer. He was a wealthy businessman and a, a lettuce farmer. He had about a 200-acre farm south of Los Angeles. And he was a huge football fan. And he was a huge San Diego Charger fan. How big a sports fan? He flew private jets around the West Coast to see the best football matchups each week. He attended the Super Bowl and Pro Bowl each year. And he named his son Unitas after legendary quarterback Johnny Unitas, who played just one season for his beloved Chargers. Takahashi wanted to share his passion for football with others, who were very far away. Frank's passion, his dream, was to bring an NFL game to Tokyo, where he had some business connections. And he attempted this for three or four years. He was unsuccessful. And then he must have sweetened the deal enough to where he got the Chargers and the St. Louis football Cardinals, now the Arizona Cardinals, to accept this game in 1976. And Frank had to pay all of the expenses. And there was a report that the Cardinals alone, their expenses were over $100,000, which would, in today's money would be over a half a million dollars. So he probably had about a million dollars in expenses in today's money you know, that he had to cover. Frank Takahashi predicted that 60,000 Japanese fans would buy tickets to a game. And he hoped that that kind of attendance would convince the league to play in Japan annually, eventually get a franchise on the island, and that he would own it. But one step at a time. First, there was the problem of where to play the game. Japan didn't have any large American football stadiums, and they definitely didn't have one that could fit 60,000 fans. What they did have was a cavernous old baseball stadium known for hosting concerts, Korakuen Stadium. You might remember it as the first stop on Michael Jackson's Bad Tour in 1987. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good night. Despite kicking off one of the greatest pop tours of all time, Korakuen Stadium itself was not the best. Built in 1938, Korakuen Stadium was a concrete nightmare with an AstroTurf field that, while being state-of-the-art for the 1970s, was still like being tackled onto sandpaper on top of concrete. But Korakuen Stadium had another problem. There were only 48,000 seats, which is less than the 60K Takahashi had promised. 
To make up the difference, Takahashi got a sponsor. Mainichi Daily News, an English-language newspaper in Japan, put up some money for the naming rights. And thus was born the Mainichi Star Bowl. But what really mattered to Frank Takahashi was attendance. A sellout, and he'd break even. If not... Frank was pretty confident they could sell out the game because there was actually a, a college football all-star game in Tokyo back in January of 1976, and they had almost 70,000 fans. So he was pretty confident, but the days leading up to the game, there was a report that they had only sold 25,000 seats, advanced tickets. And then after the game, there were some conflicting reports that you know the attendance could have been anywhere from 30,000 to 38,000. But either way, it wasn't a sellout. So Frank didn't get a sellout, he lost money, but he did achieve his dream of having the NFL play in Tokyo. Now, I know what you're thinking. How was it transporting two football teams full of rowdy grown men to Japan in the 1970s? And boy, am I glad you asked. According to Cardinal Center Tom Banks, it started before the flight had even taken off. They get us to the airport four hours early. I mean, what was a bunch of guys going to do? We went straight to the bar and started drinking. We finally get on the plane, and um, I recognized pretty quickly it was... uh, it was going to be a long flight. I, I ordered uh, all the sake that they had, brought to my seat, and started having people have a have a have a toast with me as you go by the, uh, up and down the aisles. And so <laughs> that was the kind of flight it was. And it wasn't just Banks either. Hall of Fame tight end Jackie Smith and the rest of the team had their fair share to drink too. It was a charter flight. Either that, or we had the whole back end of the plane. But I know that we were freely walking around and doing what pretty much what we wanted, and um, a few beers were consumed on the way over, and so that was what I remember most. Jackie Smith is also a Hall of Fame understater. According to St. Louis Post-Dispatch writer Doug Groh's account, the team drank all the beer and sake on the plane. And remember, Jackie said the team was freely walking around the cabin. That's why Tom Banks ended up stumbling towards the cockpit and had to be restrained by the flight attendants. Not that he exactly remembers that. Well, it ain't too memorable to me. <laughs> Later on, when I ended up getting in trouble about this, you know, having a good time against the rules. And all of this was before they had set foot in Japan. When they got there, things only got weirder. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Jackie Smith and the team arrived on Tuesday, but the game wasn't until Sunday. It was quite an experience. Everybody was looking forward to it because nobody had been over to Japan before. I think we spent a week over there, so we had time to explore the area, go up and down the streets and get to meet some people, and it was an interesting visit. Again, a world-class understatement from Jackie. Sure, they practiced every day, but not at all times. They had hours to explore. Players could pay just $1,000 to bring their family with them on the trip, and so many did. But the ones that didn't, well, they had some fun. For eight days in August, the Cardinals experienced the ultimate road trip, a visit to Tokyo for a preseason game with the Chargers. Here's a short list of what the team got into in their spare time. Tom Banks and company went on some bar crawls. We would hunt up a local bar and go in and... and uh... They didn't have any any uh, twelve ounce bottles of beer. It was always those two and a half bottles of beer. <laughs> so they would only serve you two, and then they make you leave, which didn't make any sense to me. Roger Worley and Gardy Hammond got food poisoning immediately after landing. Dan Fouts himself said he went to some massage parlors. Cardinals offensive line coach Jim Hannafin purchased two fighting beetles in a bamboo cage for five hundred yen. One of those beetles ended up in Conrad Dobler's bed as a prank. Who put it there? Jackie did put uh, one of those beetles in Congress. <laughs> uh, he was never in any danger. It wasn't one of those things where you, uh, we were worried about him getting stung. Jackie claims not to remember this. Well, I certainly don't remember that. A Cardinals player briefly stole a bus from their Japanese guide. And everyone, players, coaches, and front office personnel, misunderstood and were misunderstood by the Japanese in a farcical translation comedy type of way. But it wasn't all hijinks, though. The team really did try to spread the word of American football around Japan. They even helped coach a Japanese practice. Look at that, they even run up to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> that oh. makes my heart skip a beat. Ooh, did you just... Oh, my God. After a week of, uh, cultural exchange, it was finally time for the game itself, which honestly was a bit of a letdown after the shenanigans during the rest of the week except for one little surprise. It was drizzling, and the teams knew the AstroTurf would be slick, but they didn't know about the lines. What was interesting is the, the yard lines were not 
chalk or paint. There was some kind of foam or soap or something. And there was one of the players that said that uh, he got tackled toward the out-of-bounds line and it took like five yards of the yard marker off the field because it was removable. They, they still not really sure what it was made out of, but you know, it wasn't permanent, that's for sure. Despite a lackluster 20 to 10 Cardinals win in the rain, the Japanese fans seem to enjoy the football game. At least Jackie Smith thinks so. They had not a clue what was going on. They didn't really know anything about the scoring or anything about the plays or uh, what to look for, what to cheer for, what a first down was or anything else. Having no clue what was happening on the field didn't stop the Japanese fans from cheering them. And they wanted to be as specific as possible. All of a sudden, there would be some noise uh, breaking out and people talking and, and hollering and saying something and we finally figured out it was a, a group of them. They were taking names off of the roster and then they would try to all say it. Jackie Smith, S-M-I-Z-Z. So it was as close as they could get to it and uh, it never did come out correct as far as the way it was pronounced. I remember the fans being very enthusiastic. I've seen a few baseball games in Japan on TV and it's kind of the same thing. They orchestrated uh, the cheering. People stand up in the middle of a group and they'll be leading all the cheers and they get into it. Other chants included Chargers, Chargers, Banzai, Banzai. Or my personal favorite, Cardinals, attack the ball. Banzai! Banzai! At the end of the game, the fans were ecstatic, the media in a frenzy, and the players were just ready to go home. I like it, but I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go home. I'm happy because uh, I'm going home tomorrow. <laughs> so what's the takeaway from the Mainichi Star Bowl? What did Frank Takahashi's lettuce money really buy? The end result was a very good time for the team and a lot of goodwill between peoples of a different nation. Japan experienced a bit of a football craze in the 80s and 90s. Tom Banks was surprised to see the beginnings of it before a single down of the Mainichi Star Bowl had even been played. We went into department stores and they were huge. This one we went into had a sporting goods section, took up most of the floor, and they had a lot of NFL memorabilia, jerseys and, and uh, trash cans, pennants, all this NFL stuff. And we're looking around going, they don't have any football here. What's all this stuff doing here? But they loved having TV shows of NFL games. Since Frank Takahashi willed an NFL game on Japanese soil, the NFL has played 13 more preseason games in Japan. But none since 2005. The NFL has largely abandoned Japan to focus on Europe and Mexico. But the Mainichi Star Bowl did do a little bit of what Frank Takahashi set out to do in spreading American football to Japan. Just ask John Gunning, who covers Japanese football for NHK, The Japan Times, and Inside Sports Japan. If there's one thing I can say about Japanese American football, it's, it's very nostalgia heavy. So a lot of the, the good old days and the glory days is a big point for a lot of the people who would be the power brokers in the sport still. It was probably at its zenith, its peak, its most popular point in the 15 to 20 years following the Star Bowl, I would say. In those following years from 1976 all the way to 1993, there was a college football all-star game played in Japan called, unimaginatively, the Japan Bowl. And they got to see the good stuff. Here's Bo Jackson housing a swing pass in the first Japan Bowl. Where 
across okay. the field all by himself. Bo Jackson, who's going to catch him? Answer, nobody. 69 yards. Touchdown the East. And the NFL even came back for a preseason game nearly every year from 1989 to 1998. Football in Japan was hot. But not even the power of the football boom could resist Japan's economic bust in the 90s. I think what did it in was a lot of the teams that were very popular were backed by banks. When the financial crash happened in the late 90s, a lot of the banks pulled out. So a lot of the teams lost their sponsors, went to the wall. The money wasn't there to ensure it was on TV. And it was a cascade effect, basically. Once that sort of rug was pulled out from underneath them, the sport declined fairly rapidly. But ironically, as it was getting less and less popular, the level was rising. It was almost an inverse curve. So, you know, it got stronger and stronger. And then probably over the last 10 years, the level has just gone through the roof. You know, we have guys who were stars at FBS programs and who, you know, did really well in NFL camps and they come to Japan and they just get humiliated. So the football is stronger than ever, at least on the field. But the NFL probably won't be coming back to Japan anytime soon. The popularity has died down. But there's also no Frank Takahashi to lead the charge. Burrs. Instead, the NFL is determining its own international policy. The NFL decided, hold on, we can put teams in other countries and play actual games, which is what they're doing now. Japan really couldn't have been a consideration for them. It's just too far geographically. The time zones are wildly different. If the NFL was playing here, you'd have 2 a.m. kickoffs in the U.S., which would just be a non-starter. And also the language, the culture, the food, the logistics, everything is 100 times more difficult for an English-speaking American team in Japan than it would be in, for example, London or even Germany. And there is a, a path to growth in those countries. There are large existing NFL fan bases, which you can see with the games that are in those countries. They're sold out all the time. I don't think Japan has the same kind of dedicated NFL fan base. There are a lot of maybe casual fans who would have gone to games, but the football definitely doesn't have the same kind of intensity among its fan base in Japan. A catch-22. For international NFL games, you need fans. To get fans, you need to be able to see the games live. The Star Bowl did that. It grabbed the imagination of the Japanese people, at least for a while. It was an experiment. We went over there to see what it was like, and then we got outside, and there were a lot of people that wanted to say hi to us, I guess, or whatever. I have some photographs with some kids on my lap, and um, they were very friendly, very outgoing, and, and not reluctant to come over and talk to us at all. And they love sports. I kind of felt a kinship with them. I enjoyed being there. And they were responded to uh, the NFL being there. Making friends is how you make future fans. Japan still loves football. Now, the NFL just needs to bring the games back to Japan. Attack the ball. Bonsai! Thanks for listening, everybody. And a reminder to please rate and review the show. It helps people find us. Sports Illustrated Weekly is a production of Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. And for more of Sports Illustrated's best stories and podcasts, visit SI.com. 
This episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly was produced by Jordan Rizzieri, Jessica Yarmoski, and Isaac Lee, who is also our sound engineer. Our senior producers are Dan Bloom and Harry Swartout. Our executive producers are Scott Brody and me, John Gonzalez. Our theme song is by Nolan Schneider. And if you've stuck around this long, we leave you with this. Jack was really a uh, great teammate, and he was a, quite a jokester. Con- Conrad was getting getting set for a national interview during training camp in um, in St. Louis, and he bought a brand new uh, pair of, uh, of jeans, and he had a fancy shirt that Phyllis George was going to do. Uh, it was her first year of being on the NFL broadcast. And she had this all set up to interview Conrad, and Jackie took some scissors and cut one of the legs off his new jeans. And I'm, I'm standing there in the locker room going, don't do that, guys. Don't do that. He might have a heart attack. Well, they did it anyway. And, and Conrad, he didn't know. And he, he went to put his pants on, and his, his foot went through the leg, and he just started screaming. And he picked up the bench and threw it into the wall. I was, I really was concerned he might have a heart attack. He just was so upset. And so Jack, Jackie, nobody would tell him who did it, but Jackie ended up lending him uh, a pair of his pants. <laughs>